Hello and welcome to another episode of Ask Charlie. I'm your host, Charlie Brister. Hope everyone's had a great week getting their riding in, rain, hail or shine, wherever you are. It's been quite a busy schedule for me. We're gearing up to do Sydney Show Jump Club Champs this weekend, so we're very lucky that COVID is pretty well under control and everyone is uh, behaving themselves at the moment. Last weekend, we went to Stonewall Equestrian, run by Chrissy and Heath Harris, and they're doing a great job and uh, supporting the Thoroughbred Sport Horse Association. So that was nice. Uh, have a little quick shout-out to a contributor to the Horse Vibe magazine. They've just started a new business. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the podcast I did last week with Peter Shaw, who's one of Australia's most experienced dressage and eventing judges. He's also a very experienced coach. And, of course, we've got our viewer question asking Charlie something. Let's hope I can figure it out. So, yeah, the horses that I've got going at the moment, uh, we're lucky that all the shows are kicking off and we've got a couple before the end of the year. So I'm looking forward to doing Sydney Show Jump Club Champs this weekend and then SIAC, the Summer Classic, next weekend. So if anyone is around those shows, don't be shy, say hi. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, testing out my training, the especially on my new ride, uh, Coco Rica. She stepped up to a metre 25 last weekend. And on Beatrix, who's a young horse that I bought and plan to sell within six months, and I still have her five years later, um, she's going to be jumping around as well. I'm sure there's a few people that have got stories like that. I'd love to hear them. If you had a horse you plan to have for a very short period of time and then you're still stuck with them years later, although I don't feel like I'm stuck with Beatrix. I feel very lucky. Anyway, enough about me. Uh, like I said, Christine Armishaw, who is a contributor for the Horse Vibe magazine, she's just started up a breeches company, Nikki Marie Equestrian Apparel. Apparel? How do we say that? Anyway, she is uh, a good rider. She was at a cross-country clinic I had on the weekend, is also now coaching and uh, despite being a kiwi she's a pretty good bird and you should definitely check out the facebook page for nick and marie equestrian they got some pretty fancy breeches and they're also doing a really good thing with their company that she started and that's supporting a charity you know looking at uh helping bears in in you know the bear bile farms throughout asia so that's a really cool thing she's done straight from the get-go so anyone that didn't catch the podcast last week the right rain you should probably check that out had a good in-depth conversation with peter shaw he's coached top riders from eventing dressage show jumping he's been a principal uh, at three different schools you know, he's a very experienced educator. And so he he's judged all over the world, European Championships, Arkin, which is one of the biggest shows for jumping, dressage, or eventing. 
and he he knows quite a bit about horses. So we didn't get to talk too much about where he's from. Uh, we really dug into his ideas on how horses should go, how we should be training, and also how it is that um, what makes him good and where he gets his his kind nature from towards the horses. So I think that came across as a big part of it is is developing that connection similar to what I got out of talking to Warwick Schiller a couple of weeks ago about developing that connection and softness with the horse before you start asking it to be doing the more technical things. And so, like I said, there was a viewer question from uh, a student of mine, actually, Jill. She's based down in Sydney and has a couple lovely horses. So she asked, why is it that training and executing flying changes seems to have an entirely different connotation in show jumping than in dressage? My understanding is that flying changes in dressage are considered fairly high level, can be difficult to train and only attempted on a horse that is well developed in all preceding movements. Learning flying changes is like a dressage rite of passage, yet... In my very limited observations of show jumping, it seems that changes are introduced early in a horse's education and educated with very little fuss. What's the distinction between the two disciplines, or am I misreading the situation entirely? That's a fantastic question because there certainly is a different uh, attitude to when you should train the changes, and there's also quite often a slightly different technique to how dressage and jumping people will train the changes. And definitely neither one is wrong, and I guess both sides could learn a little bit from each other. Maybe the jumpers start them a little bit too early, maybe the dressage people start them a bit too late, but then you look at the Western world and the, you know, let's say the Rainers, and they will have three-year-olds doing very, very good flying changes. Yes, different breed of horse they they might mature a little bit earlier than a warm blood and also when you're riding a young thoroughbred around the track two or three year old you can actually quite easily influence them to do flying changes on the turns now they're not going to be technically as correct and as straight as what you would want in a dressage change so if it's a flying change and it's not straight the purists would say that it's not a proper flying change. Um, but with jumping, uh, in the if you're trying to be as efficient as you can around the course, it's not the worst thing in the world if the horse falls a little bit towards the direction uh, of which you're wanting to travel or to turn. It's not ideal. Definitely, as your training progresses, you want to get them as straight as possible so they stay more balanced and up through the shoulder. If they're falling one way or the other, then they're not going to be sitting behind as much. So I find the show jumpers or let's say anyone into jumping or cross-country fashion is going to be riding the horse a bit more forward and in more of a, let's say, a medium canter, generally staying a bit more out of the saddle or off their back. And what 
that can quite often do is just make it a little bit easier for the horse to figure out how to do the change. And by not asking for it to be perfectly uh, technically correct, it can be a bit easier for the horse to do. So definitely, if you want to train the horse to do perfect flying changes and then eventually to do one-time changes, you should try and maintain that straightness and work on the quality of every single change. Uh, I was talking to Dan James, I think, or maybe I was listening to Dan James's podcast, and he was saying that the one of the top Western reigning riders in America, Andrea Fapani, will set up each flying change thirty times. So he'll prepare for it thirty times, single flying change. Prepare thirty times, single flying change, and that's definitely uh, more how the dressage people would probably do it. Let's really make this as good as we can be. Jumpers, let's stay off their back. Let the horse do the change, not make a big deal out of it. And if the horse is a tiny bit late behind, as long as it maintains the same speed and tempo, then, and roughly the line, then you can actually still have quite a fluid jump around. Because you're not getting marked down if the flying change is a little bit late behind, it's not going to be a problem if you're getting your changes on the corner. So definitely I find even in dressage, quite often in the beginning when I was younger, I would try and collect the horse too much to get the flying change. It's definitely easier if they're a bit lighter in, in front in, and not pulling back in your hand. Um, so going into a nicer, uh, slightly medium canter and really trying to keep them straight, but not pulling back with the reins and not pulling on the rein of which direction you want to go and leaning to that direction. So George Morris, who's the American show jumping coach, he's one of the few trainers that will quite successfully get all, nearly all of his clinic participants doing flying changes. And he doesn't get them just doing flying changes from jumping. He gets them, he spends hours doing flat work first, getting them moving off the leg, leg yield, shoulder in, travers, all those basics, moving the canner forward, moving, bringing the canner back, can I counter canner? Then he gets them doing the flying changes. So if you want them to be as good as possible, get those basics, basic lateral movement going well first. But if you are on a young horse and you're going forward, doing some jumping, don't be shy. Ask for the change. If you don't get it, it's no big deal. The worst thing you can do is get into the horse and get annoyed if they're not doing the flying change. Stay calm, back to trot, ask for the correct lead. Give the horse a pat. Like I said, really important, you don't get bothered if the change isn't going perfectly. Um, you've always got to think about how can I set the horse up better, put their body in a position to make it easier for them to understand the question. So quite often we can help to set the alignment of the body up a little bit better. So look forward to hearing what everyone thinks or if they've got any more questions on the flying changes, we've certainly... Uh, I had a little bit of a dive into the changes last Ask Charlie and this one, and they're certainly a, they're, they can be really tough for some horses and for some riders. And if you ever get the chance to sit on a really experienced horse, uh, 
who already knows the changes, especially if they know the temporary changes. That can be a pretty awesome feeling. And I've been lucky to hop on a few uh, highly highly trained horses when I was younger that gave me the feeling for the flying changes because I didn't really know exactly the timing of moving my legs. And each horse can be a little bit different. Um, but if you get that feeling, it does make it a lot easier when you go and try and teach it on your own ones. So anyway, let let me know if you've got any problems with your changes uh, or if you've got any other training questions. Love to hear uh, what you what's going on in the horsey world and what you've got coming up leading into Christmas. Hope uh, everyone's trying to get their rides in nice and early. It's pretty hot down here in Australia or for anyone in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, good luck to you staying warm unless you're in Florida. That is the place to be in wintertime for sure. So just remember everyone to head on over to the equestrianhub.com.au and check out the platinum member section for the most benefits you can get anywhere. Uh, and that includes Horse Vibe magazine, get the podcast, uh, get plenty of other shopping deals, especially coming into Christmas. You really want to check out the Equestrian Hub for some really good deals on the gear because it's all about the horsey gear coming into Christmas, especially uh, any horse boyfriends or husbands that might be crazy enough to be listening to me at the moment. Make sure you get onto that. I can't wait to talk to you all soon.